If you listen closely to last week's episode, you'll pick up on the fact that I'm sick while recording it. My nose is stuffy, my throat is scratchy, but I'm doing my best to get through it. And the reason for my sickness, it would turn out, is that I had, I suppose I'll say have, COVID. In fact, I tested positive for it in between my recording of each segment. And as I record this, I'm still dealing with it, I'm still recovering, and I can only imagine how much worse this all could be without being vaccinated. But the fact that I felt the need to record this at all, without waiting a week, without setting it down for a while, plays into what I want to reflect on. I settled on the episode title, Illness and Morality, but it also could have been illness and guilt, illness and felt obligation, illness and responsibility, illness and former gifted child syndrome. The titles could have become quite creative. The overall point being that when we're so locked in to a set of responsibilities that we believe only we can do and others are counting on us to do, and that we're letting them down when we can't, that we're failing morally, we need to step back and reflect on that. And so, we will. I have tissues and water and cough drops nearby, and I should take a week off. And I admit that I'm part of the problem that I am trying to solve. Welcome to the Coffee House Contemplative Podcast. Let's jump right into a Bible study to begin. I'm in John chapter 9. It's a longer story, one of the many longer stories in the Gospel of John. It takes up almost the entire chapter, and it begins as Jesus and his disciples are walking along, and they encounter a man whom we are told was born blind. And as they stop to consider this man, the very first question that occurs to the disciples to ask is, who sinned, this man or his parents? In other words, whose fault is this disability? Who can we blame? Do we blame the person with the disability themselves? Or do we blame 
the parents, the family. Who sinned in order to cause this? The disciples begin with the assumption that this blindness is a punishment. They begin with the assumption that some moral failure caused this. That it's not just a matter of happenstance. It's not just an unfortunate set of circumstances. It's either this guy's fault or it's his family's fault. Linking illness and disability with morality was a common thought back then. It's common even in other healing stories in the Gospels. It's not often explicit the way the disciples state it here, but in many cases, those who are in need of healing that Jesus interacts with, they're presented as cause for rejection. In many of these other stories, those with illness or disability that Jesus heals, they're often beggars, which implies a lack of family care or societal care. And there, was, there is a, a theory among biblical scholars that those who are said to have had demons in the gospel stories might actually have been struggling and suffering with forms of mental illness. But that understanding was not prevalent back then, and so it was chalked up to demonic possession, something evil, something foreign. Now Jesus when he answers the disciples, he rejects this entire line of thinking, not just here, but in other stories as well. Acts of healing are also acts of restoration to community. Illness and disability are not a result of sinfulness, and he even says so. God is still present with this person, as God has been with others that he has stopped to be with. Now let's take a step back and think about how poorly this link between illness and morality sounds when applied to modern situations. How would it sound to say that someone has cancer because of their sin? How would it sound to say that God is punishing someone through their autoimmune illness? How would it sound to say that someone suffering from depression is only in that state because of something they did? Now, there are corners that do think like this. And I will out and out say that it is abusive theology. It is toxic theology. And Jesus rejects that toxic theology in the story in John 9. The, the man's blindness isn't about sin. We can also go to an earlier tradition 
in the book of Job. His friends, after he has suffered all manner of loss and hardship, he, he has suffered the loss of his family and of his livestock, and not only that, but then he develops boils on his skin. So he is also dealing with a form of illness, and his friends, his very helpful friends, argue the same way, that all of this has come about because of something that Job must have done wrong. And eventually, God calls them out for saying so. God calls them out for presenting this line of thinking. God calls this line of thinking wrong. And so, while there are theological traditions that do hold to this link between illness and morality, there are other theological traditions, including some strong biblical strands, Jesus himself, for crying out loud, that reject it. Now let's zoom out even more. Because there are also non-theological traditions that also link illness with morality. We think about the way that certain societies, including our own, view work ethic. There's a heavy value on dedication to work. And this heavy value on work ethic sees time off, any time off, as laziness, or sees it as a failure to provide for oneself or one's family. It sees it as a failure to contribute productively to society. And illness and disability, they don't enjoy much of an exception in this line of thought. These things are framed and characterized as people just leeching off of others, or just pretending to get out of something, or they should just work through it. And to support this argument, sometimes stories of others who did work through it are presented as some kind of badge of honor. If they can do it, well, certainly so can you. The real moral failure in these scenarios is in not properly caring for those who need it. A second non-theological tradition that links illness with morality is viewing illness in terms of physical or mental strength. We hear or thing, things are implied such as if you get sick, that, that somehow means your body is weak, which in a sense it is, but not in the way that people who say this mean. Or that you don't have the mental fortitude to power through it, to just get through it and, and keep working and keep producing, as if all of this is preventable in some way that is never fully explained. 
Jesus rejects this link between illness and morality. This link that blames the person for their own suffering. This link that implies that people who are suffering are outside the bounds of love and acceptance and support. But just the same, these popular notions that make this link between illness and work ethic and strength, they do blame the person for their own suffering. They do imply that the, the, the person who is suffering is outside the bounds of love and acceptance and support. And the only way back, it's a salvation through works of a kind, the only way to earn back that love and acceptance is to will themselves out of it. To earn that badge of honor that others have managed to do. These are equally worthy of rejection. Those with illness are in need of greater care rather than greater criticism. And so, we are in need of another way. my positive COVID test, my first reaction was annoyance. I was annoyed like I didn't have time for it. I didn't have time to be sick. And so, as, as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, I went ahead and I finished last week's podcast, sniffles and all. Nothing was going to stop me. And also, as I mentioned, thanks to being vaccinated and boosted, the experience mostly has been like just having a bad cold. So, the day after was Friday. I took the, that day off. I laid low through the weekend. And then I figured I'd just get back to doing normal things on Monday. And so when I woke up on Monday, I, I got out my work computer, I opened it up, I answered some emails, I, I thought things were do, going fine. I still had some cold symptoms, but I thought that I was doing okay. And then I logged on to my team's weekly check-in. On Zoom. And this is where I realized things were not fine. As I presented my own check in, I stumbled over my words. I had some issues forming thoughts clearly. There was definitely a 
lethargy to everything that I was able to say. And the reaction from my team was more than one of them asked why I was even there. Some expressed surprise, I didn't even think I'd see you today. And all of this together convinced me that things were not fine and that I needed more rest. And in fact, I've taken the rest of the week off as this has been recorded. All of this is to say, among other things, is to confess that I'm as susceptible to the cultural messaging about illness and morality and laziness and weakness as anyone else. It's that messaging that convinced me that I had to be okay enough by Monday in order to get back to my work routine. And the rest of the week since, despite my cold symptoms, despite my fatigue, despite my brain fog, I've been feeling guilty. I've been feeling like I've been letting my family down, letting my workplace down, letting myself down, all because I can't contribute, all because I can't do the things that I normally do. This messaging is so deeply ingrained in us that illness can cause us to think about the feelings and reactions of others before our own health. That we need to prove something despite our illness. To think that our illness itself, or to take time to tend to it, we end up looking at, the, at either of these things as sinful. To take care of ourselves is a sin against productivity. It's a sin against usefulness. It's a sin against society in general. And it's a sin against those who count on us, including our loved ones, or our supervisors, our bosses, our entire organization, our entire society. But taking care of ourselves tending to our own health is not sinful. Just as sin didn't cause our illness, taking care of it isn't either. In the story in John 9, as he often does, Jesus reframes these ideas about sin and illness. He reframes them in terms of saying one didn't cause the other. One is not a sign of the other. And the key thing is that God is present even where people don't believe God is. God is in the places society would rather neglect or ignore. So from there, we can also reframe concepts of illness and disability and strength and weakness and how we define wholeness 
and how we define fulfillment and how we see those who struggle with illness or live with disability. To see God's presence in all of this in a way that lifts up the person and goes beyond mere categories of productivity and accusations that one isn't doing enough or one is actually capable of more and by not doing more, then they are letting everyone down. Rather than view illness as laziness or weakness, and in terms of letting some capitalistic need down, we may instead view it in terms of the need for lifting up what the vulnerable need the most. And when we ourselves are sick, it is time, past time, to lay down our feelings of guilt and focus instead on our need for healing. As Jesus shows us, that is what God is truly concerned about as well. Thank you for listening to the Coffeehouse Contemplative Podcast. I'm Jeff Nelson. You can find more about my writing, including my four books, at jeffreyanelson.com. You can also find me on social media, facebook.com slash revjeffnelson, and I'm at boldroastrev on both Twitter and Instagram. Have a great day.